Welcome to the Self Over Scarcity podcast, where instead of looking for more to reach our fullest potential, we embrace what has been there all along. This is a space of radical honesty, taking ownership of our fears, and deeply trusting that our intuition and lived experience is enough to get us through. What if you didn't actually need more, but instead held space for all that you already are? That is Self Over Scarcity. Alrighty. Hello. Welcome to episode two of Solve Over Scarcity. Um, in full transparency, I actually recorded an episode two already, but as I was editing it and trying to get it ready to put out into the world, I just didn't feel like it was quite right. And I'm a gut feeling person. That's just how I operate. And I was like, you know, there's no rush. I'm the only thing rushing this. Um, I'm going to sit on it. And sure enough, something happened today that felt much more aligned for episode two. So nobody else makes the rules other than me and I decided that we're going to circle back to that topic and instead discuss something else today for the second episode of this podcast. Um, So I just before we dive in want to say thank you to everybody who has hyped me up, subscribed, listened, reviewed, shared, DM'd me, sent me voice memos like I am overwhelmed truly truly by just the sheer amount of like support and love that has been poured my way. Um, as I kind of step into this new space. And, um, you know, I'm going to be totally honest with you and say that this was a really scary thing to do simply because I have always felt like if I were to talk about business, it always needs to be through the lens of photography and photography education. And over the last 12 weeks, I've been part of a really incredible group of female um, content creators and entrepreneurs and business owners and and all of that sort of stuff. And it has been really eye-opening to me to help me see all of the ways that I can support people that are not just in the photography space. And if you are a photographer and you're listening to this because you followed me for a while or whatever, um, you know what I'm talking about when I say that like the photography education realm is a little cultish and not in a bad way. It's just that there are people who have, you know, kind of risen to the top in terms of their education status, um, you know, having having a lot of pull with the things that they say, having a lot of impact and all of that is really good. But I think, unfortunately, there are also a lot of photographers who don't think that they can go beyond photography and their entrepreneurial endeavors or that they don't know how to expand and grow beyond it. And I relate to that because photography, in my mind, is a really low barrier to entry version of entrepreneurship. It is something that women especially can do. Um, Wives and mothers um, have a really low barrier to becoming photographers. It's a great way to create art, to be um, independent, to generate some income, you know, to flex those entrepreneurial muscles. And so I think there's a lot of people who get into it because it's just kind of the easiest thing for them to grab. And I, I relate to that. I was 17 years old when I started my photography business. And I was talking with um, a friend today about the fact that uh, she actually said, she was like, you've always been an entrepreneur. And I don't relate to that at all because I actually have moments where I'm like, is this too hard? 
should I just go get a real job? And I I resonate with that 0% because I started my first business probably younger than 15, but like my first real attempt at running a business was when I was 15 years old. And I made, uh, I had a little sister. She was born like two weeks before I turned 15. And we, I love to dress her up. She was like my real life baby doll. And so um, we had headbands that she wore all the time that we, you know, would mix and match with outfits. And we started to get really frustrated because there were all these different bands on the headbands, but we would have our favorites, but our favorite bows weren't on the right headband. So I ended up coming up with this idea to make interchangeable headbands that, um, where like I sewed the base of the headband and it had a Velcro. It was like ruched in the middle and it had Velcro. And then I made bows out of specialty ribbon that had Velcro as well. And they were all interchangeable. So you could buy three bases for your headband band and then buy as many bows as you wanted. And it was a great idea. I did not have great execution. It was a little bit of a flop, but that was my first step into entrepreneurship, uh, which is even, you know, kind of crazy to say because I tell people I started photography at 17 and that's really young in and of itself. But I had, you know, made some attempts to dip my toes in this in in the proverbial pool uh, a lot younger than that, even um, as as I was you know, kind of like in the 10, 11, 12 range, I had some things that I tried as well. So anyway, I, I'm kind of getting away from the point here. But uh, what I what I want to bring this back to is that I myself am in this position right now where I feel like in order to be um, somebody who is worth listening to, in order to be an educator, I have to speak only on what I know. And yet what I know goes so far beyond what I'm a part of. And the reason for that is because there is so much entrepreneurial spirit within me that has always existed that I have unfortunately condensed into this box under the belief that that was all I had to offer. And so um, what I want to talk about today is the community that we all have around us. And the, I, I guess, kind of like the juxtaposition or maybe the, um, you know, the push and pull of doing something new with a community that has a certain perception of you and how we get out of this mindset that can end up being very much based in scarcity. Um, and this is, I, I promise I'm going to tie this all together. It's a little all over the place right now, but I'm going to start this podcast episode with a question. And that is this, are the people you're trying to connect with rejecting you? Are they rejecting you? Or are they just not sure who you are? Have you changed and forgot to tell them about it? And that second half of that question is at me. That is just, I mean, I would say just at myself next time, but I did. I have been frustrated for the past couple of years that I want to grow and expand and enter into this space of education and nobody cares. That is the thing I've told myself. Nobody cares. People aren't engaging. People don't care anymore. The algorithm has changed. And I have found every reason in the book to blame everything around me. And I didn't realize until recently that maybe I just forgot to tell people. <laughs> maybe I am the problem. Maybe it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Like, maybe I forgot to keep people updated 
on the nuance and multifaceted aspects of who I am, my life and my business. And, you know, I think for me, again, going back to just kind of this struggle I've been facing of like feeling like I can't speak on something that I don't know simply because it doesn't look like I know anything about it. Um, you know, I've kind of just felt like just a photographer for a very long time. But the reality of it is that I consume so much content and um, teachings and lessons and, you know, all of that stuff from people who run businesses way bigger than I have ever run. And um, that that in and of itself is a little bit of credibility there. So I'll say this again, like, are the people you're trying to connect with rejecting you or are they just not sure who you are? And and the reason I asked that question is because today in the call that we were on, um, there were a couple of different like talking points and a couple of different people verbalizing some some struggles and and things. And, you know, it's really easy when things are not going well to do what I've done. And that's, you know, point the finger and be like, nobody cares. Nobody's listening. And and when that happens, you really get into this panic state where you want to spin your wheels and try something new all, all the time. Right. Like I have a hundred and ten thousand percent done that where I'm like, I just need to try this and then I need to try this and then I need to try this. And the problem with that for me, in my experience, is that when I do that, I am trying a new thing every 10 days, every two weeks, maybe once a week. And I'm never doing the same thing consistently enough for it to work. And I I will do something and not receive the response that I want. This came up in a conversation with another girl this week as well. We're like, you know, you can't post your best thing for the first time that you've ever talked about this and expect it to go viral. You simply cannot do that. You cannot do that. It's not going to work. So instead of like sitting here thinking that everybody around you is waiting for you to drop this bomb on them and is waiting for you to, you know, give them your best piece of content ever, what if you just started talking about the thing in kind of a messy action sort of way. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, curated. It doesn't have to be well lit or perfectly edited or anything like that. You just try to start talking about it. You you get people's attention and you then drop this piece of content or new offer or launch or whatever it is you're working on. And people are engaged. They know what to expect. And going back to my question of are the people you're trying to connect with rejecting you or are they just not sure who you are? The same thing applies in this in, in this situation. Like are the people that you're trying to connect with, are they rejecting your offer? Or did you just not give them enough context first? Like that might be that might be the case. And so, you know, if you scale back and look at the longevity of what you're trying to do, where you're going and who you want to bring with you, um, you can see that sometimes we kind of have to work backwards. And this is where I think scarcity mindset can really take hold of us is that we look ahead and we're like, oh my gosh, I need X, Y, and Z dollars in my bank account, or I need this many bookings, or if I don't have da 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 da. We put terms and conditions on the way that our life is going to go, right? Like we do this whole thing where we say, and there's and there's there's a dichotomy to this of like there's something to be said for manifesting what you want and i do believe in that to some degree of like if you are open to receiving the energy of what you need it will come to you i experienced that this past week and that's a different episode in and of itself but like there's something to be said for that and also you cannot just say what you want and expect for it to show up on your doorstep right like if you are trying to make a change, you have to bring a community with you. And, 
you know, I've been scared to kind of step into this podcast and say, like, this is an entrepreneurial podcast, but like, that's what this is. That is what I want this to be. Somebody asked me today, like, what do you want? Um, And all I can think of is like Noah and Allie and the notebook and then being like, what do you want? What do you want? And like, man, if you were to scream that at me right now, I would tell you, I want to help entrepreneurs of any kind find success, step into their power, own their shiz. Like, I want you to feel so competent and capable of tackling the problems in your life because you are operating from a place of trusting yourself and knowing that you have the answers and you can figure it out and not a place of scarcity. Because I think, I mean, I started a podcast called Self Over Scarcity because I think it rules the world in so many ways. And I think it especially rules female entrepreneurs. I One of the things we were talking about today is that, you know, we can do this thing where we throw a fit where like we put something out here and people aren't responding to it the way that we want to. And so then we pivot and we change and then we do the same cycle again. And maybe it's like two weeks of doing one thing and, and it doesn't get the response. And again, I am so guilty of this. Like I have done the thing where I put something out there. I talk about it once. I don't get the reaction and response that I am, you know, expecting. And so I'm like, oh, people don't want it. Well, the reality of that is that like your content and the person that you are and the business that you are, and maybe you're not somebody who has a business that is, you know, existing heavily on Instagram or social media right now. But for me, I am. And so that's what I'm going to kind of go off of here. Um, You know, building a business that has a lot of trust and um, reliability to it and building a business where you are the face of your brand and that works because people know who you are requires for you to be predictable in some sense of the word, right? Like you have to create something that offers comfort because in this world that we live in, everything is always new and evolving and changing and growing. And people are so sick of having to adapt constantly for the next thing. Like we're exhausted. We are so burnt out on that. And so if you as a provider start to show up in a consistent way, not only are you creating content and an environment that's comforting to people, but you're then, as a byproduct of that, building a community. And you're building a community of people who trust you. Um, and I wrote this down, I wrote this down earlier, and I'm kind of skipping ahead on my notes, but people can't trust you until they know you. And they can't know you until you show them who you are. So what are you showing that's coming from a place of scarcity and fear instead of leading them to the person that they can trust and the person that you want to be known as? And so for me, the way that I can identify this in myself is that I'm trying to show you that I've got it all together and I've got the answers. When in reality, I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time. I'm just going with the flow. I am operating in a very feminine energy here of like, this feels good today. I love that. And for so long, that was like not acceptable. I was told that you're not supposed to do that. That's not how you run a business. Don't be that way. Like you need to step into like masculine energy here. And the reality of that is that that doesn't work for me. That will never work for me. So for me, when I, you know, read this, like people can't trust you until they know you and they can't know you until you show them who you are. Like where, where are we not showing the community we want to build who we are because they can't trust us until they know us and they can't know us until we show them. So you have to put your best foot forward, but not just your best foot forward. You have to put your worst foot forward too. You have to say like, hey, I'm not perfect. I don't have this all figured out. When people have been asking me about this podcast and like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like scarcity, like man, that's a big topic. And I'm like, yeah, and I don't freaking know anything about it other than what I'm currently doing. 
to get out of it. I don't know anything about it other than what I know right now. And I think I said this last week, but like, I only know what I know today and tomorrow I'll know more. But for right now, I'm just sharing what I have. And being honest about where you are has so much power because the world lies to us constantly. Photos are fake. Words are fake. And I don't mean fake as in like mean girls fake. I mean fake as in like photos are literally generated by computers these days. You know, there is a food blog I follow that I am so skeptical of the recipes that they post photos of being real. I'm like, is there a world in which that can look that good? Like, I don't know. And you have to think like that. You have to think from that perspective of people who are, you know, operating in this world as non business owners. They are being sold to constantly. Like as a business owner, I'm looking at people selling to other people, but not to me. I'm I'm analyzing it of like, oh, this is how this salesperson is doing it, or this is how they're marketing it. And I'm I'm using it as data. But if you think about it as somebody who, if you're somebody who doesn't run a business and you're somebody who just just consuming content, um, you're being marketed to constantly. And so the amount of distrust there is huge. And so, again, bringing this back to the community aspect of things, like community is the thing that I think makes or breaks us as entrepreneurs. And not just in the people who are around you, supporting you, encouraging you, you know, all of that sort of stuff. But I think ultimately community is what dictates our success in what we're trying to sell and that is a that's a scary thing that's a scary thing because you know I I know a lot of people in the health and wellness space and there's a lot more than just them in the health and wellness space and so the only thing that differentiates one person from the next in the health and wellness space if you are sick of consuming people in that in that genre is the person themselves and the only way you can know that there's a distinction there is if they show themselves. That's that's literally it. So this brings me to my next point, which is like, what piece of the puzzle are you consistently showing at this very moment? What is the thing that you're giving people that's comforting, that they always know that they can get from you? Are you always, you know, posting stories on Monday morning of your to-do list for the week? Are you consistently sharing about a self-care routine that you have that helps keep you in the right mindset to keep running a business? Are you talking about a product that makes your life easier consistently? Like what, what is the thing that you're consistently offering the community that you're trying to build so that they know what to expect from you, so that they know who you are, so that they can trust you, so that they can know you, so that then you can offer your magic to them because as icky as it might feel to some people to say like, yeah, you want to build a community to then sell to them. Like, I'm not talking about manipulating people. I'm talking about building a community of people who need your magic, building a community of people who want what you have. I have bought into the life for a very long time that there's so many other people out there that can do exactly what I do. And I am finally starting to realize that that isn't true. There are a lot of people who will do things similarly to me, but I have recently identified that I have a gift in helping people see the forest through the trees on specific things. I have a gift of being able to pull back and be like, um, there's like a whole missing section here. <laughs> where is that? Where, where are we getting that? Like, where's that coming from? Um, so one other thing I just kind of want to like wrap up on is that like when we're in a panic state or scarcity, we want everything we try to work. And then we kind of start doing this like, 
dance of trying to make everything we do work. And so often we don't give ourselves enough time to let it work. And this goes back to what I was saying of like, I'll post one thing for maybe, you know, I'll talk about something once or twice or three times and I don't get the response that I want. And so I then drop it and like, oh, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And like, that's a wound inside of me. Like, why am I so triggered by people not caring? And, you know, I could go back into all the things for that, but I have always been told that I'm too loud, um, that I am too opinionated. I have, you know, been on trips with people. Like, I've never been good on girls' trips because, like, I'm a leader. I take charge. And some people don't like that. And I'm also sensitive. Like, I'm an emotional person. I am an Enneagram 8. And I have, you know, taken a long time to step into ownership of the fact that, like, yeah, your girl likes to cry sometimes. Like I spent my whole life up until this point trying to avoid the tears when in reality the tears were necessary to be the most authentic version of myself. So, you know, when we don't give ourselves enough time to let the thing that we're trying to do work, it then leads to resentment and dissatisfaction for what we want or haven't gotten or are being rejected for. And then we create this narrative that people are rejecting us and these people aren't actually rejecting us. They just don't know us. They just don't know what they're supposed to be receiving. They don't know what is consistently going to be given to them by knowing you. Um, and if you think about, too, like, you know, when you make a new friend, it takes some time to, like, open up to them. It takes some time to know who they are. Um, it takes some time to know their quirks or, you know, like, if are, are they the late friend? Are they somebody who's always five minutes late? I am. I'm always five minutes late. It does not matter where I'm going or how far. I know there are some people who will say that that is like incredibly disrespectful. Um, but I could be going somewhere three minutes away and leave five minutes before I need to be there. And I still somehow will end up being late to the event. Um, but those are things that like the people who love me know that about me and they've just accepted it. It's just like, yeah, that's just what Ruthann does. That's just how that is. It's not something they're rejecting me for. They're just going to be like, yeah, I'll just wait or I'll go in without you or I'll see you when you get here. So reminding ourselves that these people are not trying to reject us because we're not staying in the space of being grounded in ourselves. We're just operating in scarcity at that point, right? Like we're just believing the worst about ourselves. So the, the final thing I want to leave you with is like, if you had the chance to build your dream community of people that ignite your fire, that light you up, that encourage you and hold space for you to talk about the things that you're so excited about in any business space that you're in, whether you are a photographer, whether you are a small shop owner, whether you are a service provider, whether you are in the health and wellness space, whether you are a social media manager, content creator, whatever. If you could create a community that was so aligned with you, who would they be and what would they look like? And in order to get those people, what do you have to show them? What do you have to share with them? What do you have to be brutally honest about? Where do you have to get real? Where do you have to maybe reveal some of the things that you've been told your whole life are not things to share? That's a scary thought, right? Like that's, mm, that's a hard pill to swallow for some of us. For so long, I resisted showing anything about my life that might contradict pieces that I felt were critical to my brand and the way that people perceived me. 
when in reality, the moment that I started sharing the things that I thought were going to contradict me, it ended up bringing in people who felt so aligned and seen because no one else had been brave enough to stand up and say, I am this and I'm also this. And both things are true for me. I am a granola girl and all summer long you will find me in a very gross pair of way too worn down Birkenstocks that my mom is always going to tell me I need to throw out and buy a new pair. All summer long. That is what you're going to see me in. But you're also probably going to see me in a lot of vibrant colors. I'm probably going to be wearing some tinted moisturizer. I love a good hair day. I don't have my nails done because I want to go rock climbing, but if I don't have a pedicure, I have an existential crisis. Those two things feel really random to go together and how could that possibly build me a community? And yet, as I have started to share about these aspects of myself and own the multidimensional pieces that make me who I am in this crazy puzzle of life, my people have started showing up. I have literally gone five years with very little change on my Instagram following and the people who engage. Like, I have consistent people who are always in my DMs and chatting with me and all of that sort of stuff. And it has only been when I started talking about the things I was most afraid of, that I was most worried would alienate me from a community, that I was then able to step into a place of truly creating the community I had been longing for. So that's it. That's the podcast. (laughs) This is a little bit disjointed. Maybe it feels a little bit all over the place, but I think that um, so many people operate from scarcity when building their businesses or pivoting or sharing. And so I'm going to repeat the question I shared at the top of the episode, which is, are the people you're trying to connect with really rejecting you or are they just not sure who you are? Have you changed and just forgot to tell them? Probably. I'll see you next time.